Hey all, this is Double G from Fight Game Media. Before we get to Brace for Impact, we want to wish our host, our brother, Mike Gilbert, the best of wishes as he deals with a family emergency. But JD isn't on his own. He has a guest ready for you. By the way, if you want to get the full version of Brace for Impact, go to our Patreon at patreon.com front slash fight game media. You'll hear the full Brace for Impact experience and any bonus content, including pay-per-view recaps. We also have a lot of other content on the Patreon, the newly christened Fight Game Media Network Plus, including our 1997 Raw recaps, our weekly AEW Dynamite show, and our Joshi podcast, the five-star Joshi show. As our good friend Anthony Gonzalez says, it's the best five bucks in the business. Shout out to a satisfied customer. By the way, you can follow him on Twitter at Kid Machiavelli. And no, I didn't pay him for that plug. On to Brace for Impact. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Brace for Impact. As you can tell, I am JD. I'm not doing the by God thing. That's for Mike Oliva. And um, Mike is not here this week. Um, it kind of sucks because it's our second episode of the Free Feed show, but he's had a death in the family. So, uh, you know, all the support goes to Mike. He's a great dude. I love him and um, hope everything goes well and I hope he comes back soon. And uh, we miss you. So, but filling in today is a real good friend of mine, uh, my former tag team partner on our old uh, rest. What the heck was our old show called? I forgot what our old show was called. <laughs> the Showdown Pro Wrestling Showdown Podcast. Pro- I have too many podcasts. I'm losing track of what they're all called. <laughs> yes. Uh, I want to introduce you guys to my buddy, Scott, regular Scott. He uh, He's new to the fight game world. When Mike couldn't come, this was the first guy I thought about calling and having on the show because uh, I miss talking to this guy and doing podcasts with him. So, uh, Scott, thanks for coming on, man. Man, it's a, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And, you know, I have to say it's it's been really cool to be able to now say that my friend, best-selling author, jd oliva you know it's a it's a nice little tag to have to your uh nice little notch to add to your belt let me tell you something i had a fantastic fantastic september and my november has been in the freaking dirt it's the worst month of my professional career so the lord giveth the lord taketh away and it all comes back to zero so you know i get to brag about that but then the next month it's what the hell happened so you know it's one of those things you're up you're down but you always get to keep the bestseller title. I am. That's like what I brought him. It's, it's like being a world champ. Yeah, exactly. it's like being a world champ. It's never going anywhere. I, I did an interview with an Olympian once, and I accidentally referred to him as a former Olympian, and he corrected me on the spot. He said, I am an Olympian. I am always going to be an Olympian. They can never take it away from me. Get it right. And I was like, all right, bro, I'm here with Olympian, such and such. So yeah, hey, that's uh, the mindset. That's the is. mindset. I actually I learned a lot from that. I learned that exact mentality. That's where I learned I picked that up from. So yeah, I have that tag and I'll never lose it. So yay. But yeah, let's uh let's talk impact. You let's talk about you a little bit before we get rolling into this. You are uh, a mainly a WWE fan. I know that was like the, the crux of our old podcast is I hate WWE and you're a fan. And uh that's kind of the crux of our friendship, actually, is bickering about that. But um, how often do you watch impact? Oh boy, that's a, uh, I would say maybe a once every few months type thing. You know, there's usually, there's usually something that Impact puts on that is just really intriguing, whether it's 
the outcome of a match or whether it's just the match itself or whether it's somebody getting an opportunity that usually doesn't like when Chris Bay got an opportunity in the main event against Rich Swan, I think it was maybe two years ago at this point, year and a half, maybe. Yeah, sounds about right. That really intrigued me because I'm like, let me see what Chris Bay can do. He was a, a jobber on what, 205 Live in WWE. Now he's main eventing an Impact pay-per-view. Yeah, let me check him out. When Kenny Omega was having his run, those are that's stuff you want to see. When he's on Impact, you kind of have to tune in and see what's going on. When Jay White showed up, I tuned in the next week. Like they have stuff that make you tune in. They just don't seem to be able to keep you around. That is the biggest problem with this company is keeping, keeping things consistent and keeping fans. Um, Cause it's one thing I've learned. Cause I wasn't, I was a big impact fan from like Oh five to like Oh eight. Right. That was my, that was my time. I was super into impact and not super it was in and out, but I paid attention to it. Um, and then I was out for a long, long time. And when, uh, when we started getting involved with fight game and um, I, I, and Kenny Omega came over is when I started paying attention again. And then when I kind of got thrust into doing this thing, I kind of discovered that impact's got this base of super hardcore, really loyal fans that will follow the product through its ups, through its downs. But their real problem is like reaching out and bringing in more people trying to cast that net a little bit wider. So um, it's great that we can do a show like this and talk about what works and what doesn't. Uh, so I'm glad you're here, man. As a as a guy who doesn't watch the show very often, I'm I'm curious to hear what you think about things. Now, what were your impressions of it? First of all, before I go beat for beat, blow for blow, what'd you think? Because you haven't watched it in a long time. And I thought this was a pretty good show, but I watched week to week. So my perceptions are totally thrown off at this point. So I guess some of the people that I saw, like the opening match, which was, I think, Steve Cutler versus Laredo Kid. Steve Macklin. There you go. See, first thing wrong. Steve Macklin. Um, first thing, I'm, I was really, you know, I'm caught off guard by some of the names. And then you actually see them and see how they're presented. And just it's a world of difference. So it's actually good seeing some of these people in different lights. You're seeing them presented differently. I actually really enjoyed the show until the end. I didn't like the ending backstage segment. And it really kind of took away it's a weird thing. I, I like what I saw from Decay, except for the nonsense that they did in the back. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. Um, <laughs> I have thoughts on this. So let's get into it. As you said, we started right away with Steve Macklin and Laredo Kid, and it was a great match. Like you have a big, thick dude like Macklin who's really come into his own and impact. His work has gone just through the roof. Like he's really getting to show you can get to see it, but he's done some really cool promos. Um, they've really kind of hit home with Mike. Mike being, you know, career military guy. He's, I, I can't break it down the way Mike has, but it's really kind of struck a chord with him. So Mike's really kind of really vibing on, on Steve Macklin right now. And I'm a big Laredo kid fan. Uh, I thought he was criminally underutilized in MLW. I don't think he's been used fantastically here. But these two had a great, great match. Macklin does a tope. I thought he killed Laredo Kid in this. Like the, like the, you know, the between the ropes tope is probably the most overdone move in wrestling, like the suicide dive. And it never, nobody except Darby Allens ever makes it look like it hurts. This looked like it absolutely killed Laredo Kid on the ramp. I thought, I thought he had a concussion for sure. And it helped that he went through the bottom rope. I, I think going through that bottom rope added to the impact. Austin Aries does a suicide dive like that too. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you. Besides Darby Allen, like nobody's really doing like you can't really do a suicide dive anymore 
without it being compared to Darby because Darby's like a cannonball. But the way Macklin does it going through that bottom rope with his thick body yeah. it works for him. Yeah, I was really impressed with what he was able to do and him being able to keep up with the Laredo kid. Because you can see Laredo kid is just quick. But Macklin was there for him step for step was able to counter him with some good power. I like his finish. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really impressed with him. Yeah, Macklin is uh he's been sneaky one of the the better comeback wrestlers of the year. Like I would say comeback wrestler of the year contender, but Christian Cage has that, you know, so far off the gate right now as far as mm-hmm. you know being gone to being back. But Steve Macklin is a guy that I think can, can be a centerpiece player in this company for the next five years, to be honest with you. I think he's been that great. Right afterwards, we got a clip of BTI, which is a show I'm never going to watch because it's pointless. <laughs> and on that show, um, you know, uh, uh, Myers beat up Sam Beal, killed his former Who? protege, Sam Who? Beal. Did, did you see that? Did you watch I did this? see that. I did see that, but I don't know who Sam Beal Bra- is. He is. Okay, so you haven't been watching the show. Brian Myers has his little faction of the learning tree, and it's uh, it's him and Zicky Dice, and it was Sam Beal and uh, VSK, and um, I forget the other guy's name off time. John Skyler off time. Yeah, they all have this thing. that's actually pretty funny. Myers is pretty humorous, and they kick Sam Beal out. So this was a nice little um return like revenge match on him but then beal absolutely got murdered absolutely got murdered uh, it was brian myers tried to kill him with a chair rich swan Millie mac made the save and then rich swan cuts a really good promo on myers i really like this swan showed some really good fire at this one yeah i i thought that this was one of the best rich swan promos i've i've ever heard you know i, agree. I haven't heard obviously i haven't heard a lot or as many as you have especially watching impact but from what i've heard this was i mean miles and miles ahead of anything i've ever heard from him he was he was you could tell he was passionate about it he to me it seemed like he really believed what he was saying and i thought willie mack just being in the background fuming and just kind of co-signing on certain things just added a lot to it you could tell they seem like they're really ready to go get some revenge this I, i actually am more excited for this match than i probably should be for any other brian myers match brian myers has been actually a lot of fun in this company like um like his moves, the roster cut. Like, I feel like I shouldn't like Brian Myers as much as I do, but he's actually, he's been humorous. Like he's been sneaky. Good. Like Brian Myers is better than people give him credit for. I think I really do think he's pretty good and I haven't loved everything he's done, but he's going to wrestle Rich Swan at turning point this weekend. And I think, I think that's going to be a really good match. Like I do think Swan's been kind of lost in the shuffle a bit since losing the title to Omega and I, I'm not saying this is going to be a springboard back, but I, I just think it's going to be a good match coming up this week. And we'll preview that show later on. After this, we got a promo Trey Miguel cuts on Macklin. So uh, I'm, Mike's not here, so I cannot gloat officially because Mike's not here, but I'm going to gloat right now and say, I told you Impact was going to turn this into a three-way match for the, for the X Division title because that is what Impact does. Everything is like every, like especially with the X division, it's going to be a three way match. It's always goes this. That being said, Trey Miguel and Lado Kid and Macklin, it's going to be good. But I told you so. Yeah, I agree. I'm actually really looking forward to that. I, I'm I'm probably going to watch the show now after watching tonight. So job well done by Impact. Yeah. Um, you know that's that's a big thing right there. Um, but I, I'm actually looking forward to this match. I will say this though, Trey Miguel. I, I am not sold on him doing promos by himself and don't think he should be doing any type of like live mic work or any, even that backstage mic work. It, it was not good. It, it was not good at all. 
Um, that's a pretty good promo for Trey, actually. Um, <laughs> really? Oh, pretty, wow. pretty good. Actually, when I talked to myself, that's a pretty good promo for Trey. <laughs> I, um, I thought that was really bad. Maybe uh, maybe not really bad, but it was not good. It's not his strength. I think that um, he does the mic. He doesn't do a lot of it, but I think some of his mic work and, and personality stuff, like that kind of stuff was lost when the rascals left, you know. Uh, so you do lose a little bit of that. So he's got a, he's got a different personality now that they're gone. He's been really good. He's been really good in the ring. He's been really good as the X division champ so far. I'm curious to see this match. Like I said, I think having Macklin in there basing for these two guys while they flip and fly is going to be real fun. I, I don't know what happens here to be honest with you, but I do think, I do think, I, I do think it's going to be cool. I do think it was all right. Next, we had another promo, a lot of promos on this show, setting up turning points. So they actually did a pretty good job selling me on turning point. And this was, we had one with uh, Ace Austin and Madman Fulton with Gia Miller. And uh, Austin refuses the match with Saban. He's going old school Wahoo McDaniel wearing his I beat Chris Saban shirt. That goes back to the 1970s after Wahoo Mc, after uh, Greg Valentine broke Wahoo McDaniel's leg. That's old school for some of you guys. So he does not want to grant Saban the rematch. Saban comes out and says, I want my rematch. He somehow talks him in. He somehow talks Ace Austin into it. It took all of like 10 seconds for him to like convince him. So uh, him pronouns, pal. Uh, it took all of 10 seconds for um, for, uh, for Saban to convince Austin to, to give him the rematch. And then they brawled and it was fine. And then the best part about it was Madman Fulton got stuck in the freezer. That, that made me laugh. So this was an okay brawl. Uh, the match will be really good come the weekend. What'd you think? I, uh, I actually... It was, I actually enjoyed watching Chris Saban figure out a way to beat up Madman Fulton in a yeah. kind of somewhat believable way. You know, he just kind of used his own strength and momentum against them, ran them into the refrigerator, was able to get some shots in on Ace. Instead of them running away, he was able to trap one. Yeah, I, I thought it was really good. I thought Ace cut a good promo. Yeah, I Ace really like, yeah, I really like Ace Austin. I, I think, you know, He's somebody that Impact has, has got to figure out a way to not only keep, but they really need to start building around. I, I think there's only so much you can do with him being in the undercard. I, I've been waiting on him to be in the main event for a while, even since he had that uh, title shot against Christian Cage. Yeah, I got to go to that, that Victory Road. I was actually at that show down in Nashville, and I got to see Ace Austin and Cage in the match together. And I'll tell you something, man, that was a really good match. And I did not have a great time at those tapings. I didn't think a lot of what – because those things are shot out of sequence – so the stuff that I personally got to watch that night, I wasn't enthralled with, but they started hot with this Christian Cage Ace Austin match and Ace Austin held his own. And he really, and that match really sold me on being a guy and being a guy, not just a dude in the company. Like I've been watching Austin since he was doing stuff with MLW a few years ago. And I was said, Oh, this kid's got talent. He loves Gambit, but he's got talent. And now he's really starting to blossom and really come out. I love him with Fulton as a heater. I do think he's a guy that they can, I don't know about build around, but really do something with in the future is just a, a smarmy little shit heel. So I like this. I think the match with Saban is going to be great. Saban, they call Eddie Edwards the heart of impact, but I really think it's Chris Saban because Chris Saban has been, is so identifiable with this company. He's been there so long and he's so, he's such a major part of, of the history of this company. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to when these two get after it. Um, and now comes my least favorite part in the show. The undead bridesmaids versus the inspiration. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, I can't. Inspiration wins. Decay comes out. They do some spooky stuff. It's actually the best match I've seen. Brandy Lauren. I thought Brandy Lauren looked better here than she's looked in a while. 
I'm serious. And she did some <laughs> stuff I'm like, Hey, that basement dropkick looked good. And she did something else. I went, Hey, that looked pretty good. Which, um, yeah. Uh, I hated this. <laughs> Inspiration has really good entrance music. I, I really enjoy their entrance music. Though. Have you watched I, the music? Have you watched the entrance video? I was, I was trying to watch some of it in the back. It, it looked like it was like an actual real music video. Is it that, is, is a it real, real music, music. It is a real music video. Don't watch it at work. You might get fired. <laughs> oh, did, did Sean, did Sean is, Spears approve this? It is not safe for work. It is well shot. I'll say this, but it is, there is some interesting, <laughs> it is some interesting content in that music video. Wow. Uh, that is the highlight of, of everything. The inspiration, they're really good at their act. Yes, they are what they are in the ring, and um, I think when they when they have to be the ring generals, it doesn't work as well. And uh, yeah, the undead bridesmaids, it, it's just not very good. I will say this though: at the end of the match in the post match, when Decay came out, Decay's you know, awesome. I, yeah. Oh man, they have a great presence. Just a a fantastic aura about mm-hmm. them when they came to the ring. The music, the way they just circled the ring like it was it was Wyatt family-esque but it was just completely different it was their own thing and I I really enjoyed everything Decay did up, up until this point up until this point Decay yeah. was like oh man these they're incredible Decay these are incredible yeah Decay's got a long history with this company there's this all you probably won't watch that but there was this awesome feud with Decay and the Hardys back when Matt Hardy was really uh and Jeff were really embracing the broken thing like at the height of it, they did. I think that was the ultimate deletion when Abyss was still part of it. So it was Abyss and Crazy Steve and Rosemary against the Hardys, and it was really some fun stuff that was going on at the same time as the Wyatt, as the Wyatt family. So there was really a lot of like, you know, who inspired who, who's taking what from what, and it was. I really like the original version of Decay. This version is pretty cool. It's not. It's not as cool, I think, as the original Decay. But I have a real soft spot for it because I do like Rosemary. Like, I got a soft spot for Rosemary. I think she's real cool. I think her and Havoc are an all right team together. Um, I like the I like the package. I like the production of it. I'm not a fan of the spooky shit, but I their work. When, when I like Decay more than the Undead Bridesmaids because their work is just better. But, yeah, I get – I agree with you a lot of what you're saying on this. We take a look back at Victory Road 2020. So Impact has to remind us of what empty arena wrestling was like and how weird and spooky it was, which would have been fine if it was a 30-second clip watching Heath and Rhino win their match, but it wasn't. It was like three or four minutes. It kept going on. And it was with it was against Reno Scum, a tag team that got that I don't remember if they left, they got fired, they got released or what. But I mean, like as a tag team that hasn't been in the company in over a year. So the fact that they dedicated this much of a chunk of the show to this was a choice is this something that happens weekly like do they just randomly pick matches or is it normally like matches that coincide with what's going on with the show usually it's matches that coincide with what's happening but they will it's been a while but i mean they do i don't want to say every week but you will see some clips from the past usually if they're building towards something you'll see it um a while ago you used to get that steiner math promo all the time so we're having been getting that for a while but yeah this was uh this was fine for what it was, reminding you that Heath and Rhino are a good and effective team together, but it was just too long. And it was too much of a reminder of how awful watching wrestling last year was. Like, this made me really, even, like, I'm hard on the Impact crowd because, one, it's mic'd like shit. It, it's lit like shit. So you, there's, like, 500 people there, and they feel, there's, like, 1,000 people there. And it feels like there's, like, 50. 
There's just, that many people there. I think so. I'm, I'm making numbers up, but there's like, it's not, I know it's way more than it was in, in uh, Nashville. I think Nashville had like a hundred people. So it feels like there's a lot more people. I know there's, there's definitely more people at Samstown than you think there is. Okay. You just can't tell because they're the lighting and the mics are terrible, but it's still, it's still way better than watching this, this old, uh, this old shot from, uh, from a 2020 victory road. So yeah, Heath and Rhino doing stuff right now. We come back, Chelsea, we had another BTI clip. We see Chelsea winning a four-way match on BTI. Chelsea Green winning a B, uh, four-way match on BTI, beating Alicia Edwards. It's best that you forget the fact that Jake Something was also in this match. That's mm-hmm. right. Jake Something, a literal monster, did not get pinned, but he did not win a match that featured Alicia Edwards and Chelsea Green. <laughs> I mean, what, what do you want me to say to that? What do, you want me to say, what do you want me to say to Chelsea Green winning a match over Jake something? Like, he got to live with that the rest of his life. Um, That's in the record books. On, on, we have a uh, we have a brace for impact chat uh, Twitter direct message chat. Mike put it the best. Jake something should leave impact. I agree. There's better things for Jake something there. I'm gonna make this happen. I'm gonna speak this into reality. Jake something in pro wrestling Noah. I'm gonna make that. I'm gonna make that a thing because I'm hoping it's reality. So now Chelsea's going to get a shot at the Digital Media Championship against Jordan Grace. It's a title that doesn't exist because they don't put it on the show. So until I see a match on the show, it's not real. She did cut a good promo, though. I will say she cut a good promo. It's an all right. Okay, so Chelsea, I don't love her ring work, but I do think she's got a ton of personality. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like, and this is a great example. She cuts a good promo, and then they turn to Cardona, and Cardona cuts a very mediocre promo. And then Morrissey comes in, and it's fine. They're going to have a match at turning point. You know, um, then they do the weird where the Cardona and, and Chelsea leave and they hang the camera on Morrissey for like a good five seconds before. That's WWE stuff. That's yeah. stuff I hate about WWE. And yeah. I'm like, I watch this stuff so I don't have to watch WWE. Don't do what WWE does. But they did it here. And here's the problem with like, this is what drives me nuts. Matt Cardona is having the run of his career in GCW where he's super interesting, right? He's a fascinating human being over there. Like he's tapped into such a great gimmick and Chelsea's part of it. Like the Chelsea Alley Cat feud, there are matches I don't want to see, but it's interesting. Like the pro, the Twitter battles they get with each other are interesting. These two are interesting performers, just not in this company. Like they might as well be, it might as well just be still Zack Ryder in Impact. It's it it frustrates me. You know, I I I haven't. I'm not really that big of a Zack Ryder Matt Cardona fan. Um, and hey, the whole, do you know what Mike nicknamed him? This nickname is stuck in the beat in the uh, in our fight game group. Mike What's calls that? him Mid Cardona. He's a he's a he, that's a, he's a solid mid card guy. He's a solid guy that you could just put on the card for whatever you need him to be. If you want a, a nice feel good story, you can he can do that. If you want someone for someone to beat up and get some sympathy, he can do that. And I'm not I'm not the hardcore guy, so the GCW stuff doesn't really do a lot for me because that's. He's he's been really doing some death matches and he's been he's been putting his body on the line lately. I'll give him that. I'm gonna say this for Matt Cardona because I was on the Matt and I I'm a con- I'm a convert to the Matt. I liked Zach Ryder because it was a good story, and then I did not like any of the Matt Cardona in AEW or here stuff. But that man almost started a riot in GCW. Like to have to be able to generate that type of heat in this day and age is unfathomable, and he did it. And has done it a couple of times. So there is a better version of Matt Cardona that exists that I don't think necessarily has to involve him flying through glass, right? I think you could take the elements of that character and be super pro WWE 
and bring that to one of these outside companies mm, and make like an interesting that. character. Like I think it's there, but we just don't do that here. And I, I don't, I just, I just don't. Like hey, Brace for Impact fans! I hope you're enjoying the show. If you're into more professional wrestling or have a hankering for MMA or boxing, check out our sister feed. The Catch-All Fight Game Media Network, which is available wherever you find your podcast, You'll hear The Wrap, our weekly WWE show. In the Clinch, our MMA podcast. Pound for Pound, our Sweet Science of Boxing podcast. Write that down on Japanese wrestling. Take it home, our weekend show, and our new AEW show that was just announced, The Boom. Just search for Fight Game Media Network wherever you find your podcasts. Now back to Brace for Impact. I, I was I like that. I think there's something to that. He could easily just carry himself like I'm a I'm a former you know IC champion. I'm I've done everything. I'm I'm better than all of you. And he could oh. definitely carry that into something. I like that. Daniel Bryan mentioned the word wrestle. Or Daniel Bryan. Bryan Danielson mentioned the word WrestleMania. That's why that word popped in there on Dynamite last night and got booed. Just saying the word WrestleMania got him booed out of the building. Like you could channel that and make that an entire character. And who better than Matt Cardona slash Zack Ryder. It's there. I don't know why they don't do it. Eddie Edwards and Moose will fight for the title for the impact title at turning point. Uh, Eddie got jumped by Moose during an interview with Gia fight all over the arena. Moose, you're the crap out of him on the apron, power bound him on the apron. Eddie hit him with a chair, hit him with a chair a couple more times. Eddie hits him with the tiger driver, hit Boston knee party. Then he gets out a ladder, climbs up the top of the ladder, and Moose does the most logical thing I've ever seen in the history of professional wrestling. He got off the table. <laughs> Such a simple concept, but it never happens. Ever. Moose, he, Eddie Edwards gave Moose plenty of time to recover from his finishing move. And Moose recognized, accepted, and adjusted to the fact that he was about to get splashed through, through off the ladder through a table and said, I'm going to leave now. And Eddie and just sat there looking like, oh. And let's not forget that this all happened after Moose at the beginning of this attack uh, slammed Eddie's head when he had his oh, yeah, I forgot the, about that. chair into the ring post and Matt Stryker screams out, oh, he broke his neck. Yeah. And, man, the, the commentary on this show. Bro. Oh, my gosh. Bro. So like, when I heard Madison Rain and Josh Matthews, I was like, this is this is 10 times better than what we're hearing. Yes. What, what is going on with Stryker and D'Lo? What is that all about? That is... This is them. I don't want to say it's at their best, but they actually have rhythm now. Like it's, <laughs> I, I can't tell you how often Mike and I are like, what are we doing? Like, I don't think D'Lo's a bad commentary guy. I just, I, Stryker's better than Josh Matthews is the best thing I can say about him. I see. I, I like strike. I like, I mean, uh, Josh Matthews and Madison rain and that short little clip we got from they the, were, uh, the heat they, match. They were fun as a married couple where the wife is hot and the husband's a dork. So there was something, there was something to that, but I mean, in long stretches, it would, it would get annoying. Let me tell you. So this is actually better, but the bar is, <laughs> the bar is low. Um, yeah. It's, this is like, yes, that's my big complaint. It's just like any, there was like five things that could have ended this angle. Like that Uranagi and the apron yes. should have killed Eddie. If not that the power bomb should have killed Eddie. If not that him, uh, Eddie, Eddie, uh, tiger driving moose, or hitting him with a collection of chairs or hitting him with the knee. Like there was like five or six times this and then getting his neck broken. Like 
there were five or six times this angle could have ended. And I get they're trying to build it up and build it up. Um, I, and you don't have the backstory of this. Like, Moose tried to kill his wife. Oh. Like, Moose and, <laughs> okay. and, and, Moose and, and Morrissey almost murdered Alicia Edwards on this show, like, a couple months ago. So this is like a blood feud, right? And I get oh, wow. they're selling. This is like, there's a ton of heat. That's actually, I'm actually looking forward to this match because, again, I've been following the product for a long time. They were former best friends. Moose actually, uh, Moose, I, I hated the match, but I really like Moose as this heel champion. I think he's great in this role. I really do. I really do like Moose as, the, as this evil champion. He's doing great. But they just went way too much in all this. It way never stopped. Much. It just kept oh. going and going and going. And you, you feel like they're building to like a, like a, it felt like it was building to a TLC match, the way everything was going. Like, yeah. I don't know what they, what do they call it? The Full Metal Mayhem? Is that what they, they that is an, uh, impact that is version impact. of it? Yes. So that's what it felt like it was building towards, but it, you never got that big announcement. It is actually, it is Full Metal Mayhem. Is it Full Metal Mayhem? It is, in when fact. It, so I'll cut you some slack because you're not a, a regular viewer of the show. It is a Full Metal Mayhem match. Okay, well, there you go. Well, that makes sense then. But God dang. <laughs> I mean, what are they going to do in the match then? I, I know, I know. <laughs> hey, you know what I give Moose credit for? He did that entire thing in a suit and nice pair of shoes. That's not easy to do. That's so true. credit that's to true. Moose. Man looks great in a suit. Um, show's gonna, that's just gonna be pretty good, I think, when that happens. So, uh, after that, Mercedes cuts a promo. She came here to dominate. Simple, effective. So, Mercedes has been here. Simple, effective, quality. She's very good. I'm glad she, she's, I'm actually glad she's come to impact somewhere where she can really you know, shine a little bit and get a little bit more room to grow, especially since Impact kind of has this open relationship with other promotions. Mm -hmm. I think this is a really good fit for her to be able to mess around with different places. And I actually look forward to her wrestling all these different women. I, I want to see her and Mickey James. I think that's going to be a pretty good match. Some, I've, some guys have been hard on Mickey since she's come back. I thought she's been pretty good, to be honest with you. But this should be a good match coming up at Turning Point. It's, I don't, I don't, I don't expect Mickey to lose this early into a range. She just won the title at the last big show, but you never know. It's impact. Um, next up, we had a big, the big man match, big LG, Doc Gallows and Hikaleo, more bullet club civil war. This uh, was a pretty good little heavyweight match. You know, it's not my, not my thing normally, but you know, Doc wins the big choke slam power bomb it was all right. I can't, I can't fault it. I got nothing bad to say. Uh my big takeaway is I, I'm a big Chris Bay fan. Chris, Chris Bay's awesome. Chris Chris Bay is that guy. That's that's my <laughs> big takeaway. Um, like you said, it was a good match. I I, I think they should be doing more to protect. Uh, what's this? Hikaleo. Hikaleo. Yeah, I feel like they should be doing more to protect him. He's he's got pretty decent size. I, I think this is one of those times where you can use a DQ finish and protect the big man a little bit. He's really. I'm glad he did. I'm, you know that that's WWE stuff. He's really WWE. still. He is coming out of his, uh, I don't want to say young boy stuff, but he really is pretty much still coming out of being a young boy. He's still very fresh, very new. So it's like working with Gallows. Um, I think he's really kind of figuring out how to really work like a big man. So when he goes back to Japan, because he's a you know, bullet club guy, he's, he's native in New Japan. He's going to be more effective in that role. And he's actually come a long way. Hikaleo has improved a lot over the last year or so. So this was, this was pretty solid. Yeah, I saw his match with uh, Juice Robinson on the New Japan Strong Show, and uh, he looked pretty good. So, that, yeah. And yeah, this this was good too. And I'm I don't like Doc Gallows as a as a worker. I, I don't know why. He just he just is really bland to me. But I this match actually had a little bit of energy, more energy than I was expecting. I like his personality more than I like his work style. But I'm also not a fan of the big heavyweight stuff. That's just never 
that's just never been it for me. But I've never I, I enjoy Doc Gallo's shenanigans. So I give him a pass usually. And I like the Gallows gun tag team. I always have soft spot for them. So this was, this was cool for me. We had, a, we had a useless sit down with Gia Miller and Deanna Perrazzo where absolutely nothing happened. She said she does only here to give an interview because she has to be here and well, I don't have to tell you anything. And then she leaves. So I thought to myself, well, that's just five minutes of my life. I'm never going to get back for no reason. She's got a great grasp on her character though. Yes. Um, I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Is that uh, yes. the, uh, okay. Yes. The, yes. A- it a- is in fact, the former Aiden English <laughs> okay. that is Matt Ray Waltz, who is pretty much her manager in this company. All right. Got it. So I, that was, that was very jarring to see, because I didn't expect to see him there. Yeah. Um, I actually want to see her versus Mercedes Martinez. You uh, will. I, I, that's the match that I, I'm actually really looking forward to, but I, yeah, I, I liked her, her promo there as someone who hasn't seen a lot of her talking in her promos. I really enjoyed that. She's really good. Um, I don't love her promos mainly because her voice cracks a lot and that just bugs me aesthetically, but the content is always really good. I think she has a great grasp on her character. I think she's fantastic in the ring. I think she's, I hate using the term low key because that's like way too young speech for me to be using at my age, but she is like very sneaky, had a really, really good two years outside of the WWE bubble, like the fact that they couldn't find anything for her to do when she's one of the best women's workers, definitely in this country, if not the world, well, maybe the world's a bold statement, but she's definitely up there. Like she's really good. And I felt like we don't have anything for Deanna right now. So we're going to just keep her in on the show and keep her in your memory. And I didn't think it was necessary. Now it's just my opinion. I didn't think this interview did a lot for her. You know, I, I actually like stuff like this where, mm-hmm. you know, a champion loses a title, but you keep them around and you just keep them in your memory. And, you know, they, they're cutting promos and stuff, but they don't have to be wrestling. They don't have to be in the ring. So that way, when they do get back in the ring, it feels important. It feels like a big deal. I kind of wish this would happen more often where the champion loses and either they go away for a while or they just stay out of the ring for a little bit just to, change it up and that that could be the wwe and me where they just go the next night they're right back wrestling like nothing happened so i I actually this was very refreshing for me i agree with you in theory i i wish they'd have kept her off longer to be honest because i really think when you change champions there needs to be a reset and i think oftentimes when the old champion is around the first thought is well why isn't that guy still mad or that guy or that girl i'm still mad that they lost their title right it never feels right when they just move on to the next thing like kenny omega just lost the AEW title at the page hangman page and it looks like he's going to go away for a while. For him, it's a matter of he's got to get his body put back together. But I think it's better. I think when Jericho lost to Mox and when Mox lost to Omega, they took a little bit of time to be away from Mox. It was like a few weeks, but I mean, still, it's a couple of weeks. Like it's, it lets you reset a little bit. And I think that's necessary to let a new championship reign start without the baggage of the old one. And we have had that here. We've got this Mickey uh, uh, Mercedes suit that's going pretty good. So I like, I, I don't, Dislike seeing Chelsea, uh, not Chelsea, seeing uh, Deanna. I just wish they gave us a little bit more of a direction, you know? And I don't feel like we got that right here. But I like seeing her on TV, so it was cool. Finn Juice. We had an interview with uh, David Finley and Juice Robinson, where Juice admits that they're losing a lot, probably because their New Japan contracts are due in a couple months and they're not coming back. That's pretty much what's happening. Although David Finley might want to think about rethink his idea of wanting to go to wwe but they are and then scott demore comes out quotes rocky which was kind of stupid but um 
they're going to have a match at the countdown to turning points, not even on turning point itself. They are going to face a tag team that I forgot. And I have to look at my notes. Finn juice is going to, Oh, they're going to face decay. Uh, Black Taurus and crazy Steve. I forgot because this is just a match that has absolutely no storyline whatsoever. So should be fun. Yeah, they added like four matches tonight. I, I, I kept hearing Stryker say, well, there's another match added for uh, gotta push, point. This <laughs> Got to push the show, man. Got to get people yeah. watching the show. So uh, this means nothing. I really feel like this tag team has really lost its focus. And I don't, and because it is like, I mean, it feels like they're dead men walking. Like they're on death row. Like, David Finley has made it clear he's not going back to New Japan. It's speculated that Juice probably isn't either. That maybe I'm wrong on that, but it just they feel like they're just waiting it out. It feels like they're in like a purgatory right now. You know, I I and I've really I've liked what I've seen as far as Finley's personality goes. That was one thing I didn't really get a lot of him when I ever I saw him just you know briefly in New Japan or mm -hmm. just something like that but lately when I've seen him in Impact recently and some New Japan Strong shows he's shown a lot more personality and um, I'd actually really like to see this tag team split up a little bit you know Juice had a really good singles run in he New did. Japan he, he did had a great singles and it looked like he was ready to kind of take the next step after that Mox feud because that really brought another yes. side to him, another edge to him. Yeah. So I'd like to see this tag team split up and both guys really do their own thing as singles. I keep telling people that you guys have not seen what Juice Robinson is capable of. You've not seen what he's capable of on the mic. You've not seen what he's really capable of in the ring. He just seems very uninspired to me here. And I think that he did a thing with Moose last week at the New Japan show, got beat by Moose, which is the right move because Moose is the champ here and they both work for Impact. That being said, I think if the, I feel like if the shackles were off of Juice a little bit, you'd really see what he's capable of. And we're just, we're just not getting it right now. And I just, I don't know... I don't know what's going to happen for Juice Robinson in the future. I know David Finley made some really veiled um, comments about wanting to go to WWE. So I'm very curious to see what happens to these guys when the new year comes. It's, um, we're very much stuck in the middle. We had a violent by design promo. Eric Young is a really good promo, man. I, I really like this. It was way overdone, way over dramatic. But Eric Young just makes it work with this lighting. You ever see the movie The Hills Have Eyes, this old horror movie from oh, yeah. the 70s? Oh, yeah. He looked just like the dude from this hill, The Hills Have Eyes with the lighting. That's the first thing I wrote that in my notes. Young EY looks like dude from The Hills Have Eyes. And it was great. He's going to kill Rhino. That's the promo. That's all you need. Professional wrestling. Uh, you know, Eric Young, he's, this guy's been doing this for a while. This is what, this is what sanity should have been. This is what he yes. should have been able to do. Um, so I, I'm actually really glad he's in impact where he has this kind of freedom to do this. Um, let me, let me ask you, is this as, how has he been in impact so far? Like, I know he had that man. injury and had to, you know, go away, but how has he been? The man, back? he's oh, been great. the freaking man in this company. He worked with a torn ACL. He never missed a show. Like wow. when, he, when he couldn't rest, when I missed a show, like when he had a surgery and he's back already, he had a remarkable recovery from an ACL tear. And he, but he never missed an episode. Like when he couldn't wrestle, he's cutting promos. He's the heart of this violent by design tag, uh, this violent by design group with Cody Diener and Joe Doring. And Rhino was in the group. Rhino left back with Heath. So there's a lot going on here. And Eric, I, I, I called Saban the heart of impact. And I feel like EY is like pretty much like the dark soul of it at this point because he's been everything from a comedy character to, you know, the, uh, a Daniel Bryan styled underdog baby face to now uh this madman and he just the man can do anything he's great in the ring 
Like it's really good. Like I, I, I love watching Eric Young. Like part of me, this vibe about this thing, I thought he was channeling a little Bray Wyatt early on, but now that we're focused again, we just want to kill people. It's it's great. He's been he's been a, an absolute pleasure every week. I love the man. I, I'm I'm actually really glad to hear that because he when he came and you know they first debuted, I, I was really excited because again another group that felt different and he was bringing a different element and he was being. He's another guy, you know, we talk about Chris Jericho who can reinvent himself. Mm -hmm. Eric Young is another guy who has been able to reinvent himself multiple times. You talked about he had the Daniel Bryan-esque run. You know, he was the comedy guy in uh, uh, Team Canada for Mm -hmm. TNA. Then he did the the Sandy thing. Now he's changing that up and doing a completely different type of gimmick again here in Impact. He's reinvented himself almost every time he's gone somewhere different or had some type of big moment. So yeah, he that's another guy who is just a veteran who can do anything you need him to. I would even say his reinventions are more extreme than Chris Jericho's. Like when he reinvents himself, he really reinvents himself. Like the Chris, the current Chris Jericho character is really like his WCW character old, right? Okay. Like okay. that's the way I've always viewed what Jericho is doing now. It's a lot like the old man version of the original Ayatollah of rock and roll, like the original Y2J. Uh, no, the original Lionheart character. Like, this is what Eric Young is doing now is very different than anything he's ever done. Like, I, I guess this has been, I don't say a special run because it is kind of mid card, but that's what he's doing. Like, he's an older guy, he's working with talent, like, he's doing great stuff on the TV, and it's been a lot of fun to watch. Now, the next match, we had a six man tag. And I imagine that when you saw this, you probably looked at the screen and said, JD, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> Am I wrong? No, you're not. No, you're not wrong. No, you're not wrong. So we had, we had uh, Johnny Swinger teaming with Ooh. Falaba and Hernandez to take on Decay and the I can't call it legally Kiss Demon. Are you familiar with Kiss Demon? Uh, I'm familiar with Kiss, so I yeah. was very oh. confused with what was going on when this. So this is this out. is fantastic that you have no idea what's going on. So I can explain <laughs> all this as an impact man. First of all, the Kiss de- the demon we call it the Kiss demon because Eric Bischoff paid Kiss a stupid amount of money in 1999 to have a character based on Gene Simmons' demon. Right? Oh. Originally, it was Brian Adams lasted one show, and then it was Dale Torborg, who is most famous for being the White Sox hitting coach when they won the World Series. Like it was awful and stupid and it didn't work. And he came out at, uh, at the, uh, the call your shot gauntlet at the last pay-per-view and made a surprise appearance as the demon. Everyone, Oh, the demon. That's great. And he showed up. He's in the ring way too long. And to everyone's surprise, he's been on the show every week ever since. And Johnny Swinger, do you have any idea who Johnny Swinger is? Not a, not a, not a Johnny. Johnny Swinger is a is a longtime indie guy who uh, had a run in ECW toward the end, and his character currently he's in his fifties. He looks fantastic. Oh, he looks great then. He looks fantastic, and he has reinvented himself. His entire gimmick is he's basically thinks it's nineteen eighty seven, and he talks to people. He like does all these pro wrestling like insider jokes, like he makes like he talks in carny sometimes, and like. he'll like shake people's hands like the old wrestler handshake with the light grip and he'll just it's all these insider references that if you if you aren't a hardcore wrestling fan there is no chance you'll get and he used to have this skit on the show called swingers palace where it was this like cheap uh like makeshift casino and it should have been absolutely horrible but the man is so goddamn funny that it was like the highlight of the show every single week (laughs) and he is a comedic (laughs) 
genius. And I will never say an ill word of Johnny Swinger, but if you didn't, and Falaba was always on the show and Hernandez, the, he of LAX fame was his uh, bodyguard on the thing. So if you've never watched Singler's Palace, you would have absolutely no idea what was happening here. Like this is so continuity lore rich and the match was <laughs> not very good. The, the, the demon won with the formerly called love gun submission, which they didn't even know what to call it here. And Swinger sold it like it was the dumbest thing. And then he leaves the ring and then his, and John E. Bravo manager, who was the, the dealer at Swinger's Palace said he just wants Swinger to be happy like he was in Wrestle House. And then Decay so, show up magically. Real, real quick question. Mm. A couple things. Please. Is it, wasn't Johnny Bravo dead? Did it yes. Shot? Yeah, he wasn't dead. He was shot, but he is not dead. Taya <laughs> went to jail for uh, uh, attempted murder. She was locked up in the Stanford Supermax. Is what they call it. <laughs> okay, Tommy Dreamer it. had a nice line. He's like, where are they going to take her? He's like, if she's lucky, Jacksonville State. If she's not lucky, she'll do three to five at, sta- at the Stanford Supermax. Turned out, she, turned out she did like nine months. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I imagine that. that's, I imagine she'll be back at some point. But yeah, so that was, I can't oh, even begin to break boy. this down to someone that doesn't watch Impact all the time. And you probably think I sound like a madman, but I'm telling you, the Swingers Palace shit was funny. It looks like they're going to bring back Wrestle House. Wrestle House was this like mock Big Brother thing, which was the unfunniest thing that has ever been committed to television. It is horrible. It is everything Swingers Palace oh, wow. wasn't. And if they bring it back, I'm going to do nothing but complain. And the people who listen know I hated some <laughs> Wrestle House. And you're going to hear me do nothing but bitch about it. I'm not happy. Swingers Palace should be alive and well now that we're shooting in Vegas because it makes sense to do it now. But here we are. Jordan See, Grace. Is, yeah, that's ahead. when I that, that's when I started disliking Decay. It's, it's when it's when they the decided magic to powers. Bring it. Yeah, yeah. That's the when magic, I was like, all right, I'm because out, they're I'm genies now. Apparently, they grant wishes. Whatever. Um, yes, yeah, stuff like this makes impact really hard Ooh. to watch. I'm not gonna lie. Jordan Bra- Jordan Grace cut a promo on Chelsea for a match that I'm never gonna watch because it's a pre-show match for a title that I'm never gonna see that I'm convinced isn't real because they don't put it on the show. Jordan Grace just wasting away doing this digital title stuff. She seems to like it. She seems really happy with what she's doing. She's she's so talented. And like, I feel like, but you're just working on like the internet show with the worst name title in all of wrestling. The Digital Media Championship is the worst sound. And I, I went through the grand title era in Impact. This is the worst name for a championship belt ever. Oh yeah, bar none. It's, it's worse than the 24-7 title. Yes. <laughs> and, but I will say this, though. What, what is uh, Jordan Grace's partner's name? Rachel? Rachel, Rachel Ellering? Ellering, yes. Daughter of the legendary Paul Ellering. I thought she cut a pretty good promo, though. She did. She did. Mike and I were hard on her when she first came into the company. And uh, she's been really good since then. They have a good tag team. She's pretty good on the stick, pretty good on the microphone, uh, pretty good in the ring. She's good. I like, I like the tag team. I think they're pretty good. I just she don't like the stitch. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was saying I just don't like this uh, digital media thing because they don't put it on impact. So why should I care if they don't? She came off more appealing and more likable than I thought Jordan Grace did. I, I wanted her to wrestle. I wanted to see her wrestle instead of Jordan Grace. Humble opinion. I think Jordan Grace is a natural heel. I think she's better when she works more heelish. It looked like we were going to get that a couple months back and it didn't really happen. But I think that, uh, just the way she works and her, you know, her, her superpower stuff and all that. Mm-hmm. And just her personality. I think she could be awesome. They didn't really put her in this position, but I think she would be an awesome heel. And whereas late Rachel is so like bubbly and likable. It's you can't boo her. 
you know, she, she could be like a, she could be like Scott Steiner as a heel. I mean, you know what I'm saying? She could do all she, this she, stuff. She does call herself Thick Mama Pump, but yes, correct. I agree. There, with you. You. there you go. Um, Mickey James cuts a promo. She should have known better. She should have known better. They're gonna wrestle her and her and Mercedes. That's pretty much it. Main event time: Minoru Suzuki, Josh Alexander beat the ever living shit out of each other for 20 minutes. It was awesome. Great match. Just a, just a, just a great, great match. Great time to ask me to come watch impact. Um, Josh Alexander looked fantastic. Suzuki looked like he was having a blast in there. Like he just, he was grinning from, you know, ear to ear the entire match. He looked like he was loving this. Everyone, everyone should work to be as happy as Minoru Suzuki has been on this tour of America. Like this man has spent two months here, wrestled across the country, essentially a working vacation, and has been on TV having matches with like up at like amazing up and comers and legends himself, and just just doing great work. That being said, I've seen way too many Minoru Suzuki matches. They have a formula. I'm ready for him to go back to New Japan. But this was a lot of fun. Uh, Josh Alexander is the ace of this company, and boy did he step up and and wrestle just a uh, just a great match, man this was this was a great type of rebound big match rebound victory for josh alexander i think this really kind of this is really what he needed to kind of get him back get him back because he if he doesn't have a match at turning point correct does not so i see i'm glad that they gave him this big victory right here because he he's got to show up at turning point and that that kind of makes me wonder you know, Eddie Edwards is the type of wrestler, especially in Impact, because I think when he beat Lashley the first time, he was this big underdog and wasn't he supposed was. to win. I, I'm wondering, is Josh Alexander going to come into play in the main? Because, you know, TNA or Impact likes to do the old old school TNA finishes. I wonder if Josh Alexander is going to come in and cost Moose the championship. I don't want that to happen, but I wonder, because since he doesn't have a match, he's got to be on the pay-per-view, right? This is Impact. That man is interfering in the main event. I don't think he's going to cost. I, that's going to happen. It's it's inevitable. Um, he's not going to cost Moose the title because that's the money match, right? The money okay. match is is Alexander versus Moose, and they're going to try to prolong that as long as possible and draw a buy rate with it. Um, yeah, that's what's going to happen. But he's not on the show. But he gets the Minoru Suzuki match in the main event here. It was great. Go out of your way to watch it. Like Josh, if you're not watching Josh Alexander right now, you're missing really good wrestling. You're missing impact really try to get I don't agree with how they've done it all the way I don't I didn't like I didn't like the screw job finish I think it was way too Daniel Bryan but we're here now Moose is doing a good job with the title and we're going to get a main event a great main event in time so it's fine so uh go watch if you don't like there's a lot of crap you have to put up with impact but if you watch just for Josh Alexander you're gonna be happy and that's when the show ended nothing happened afterwards <laughs> that's that's when the show should have ended. Why wouldn't you end the show after that? Like, what what in the world? Who thought it was a good idea to not end the show right there? What? That's when the credits should have rolled. Why aren't the credits rolling? I don't know what you're talking about. The show ended right there. <laughs> like, what is going? I was, when they kept going, I was like, "What is going on? What are we doing?" We're gonna get Russell House again. And I already expressed my opinions on that. <laughs> so let's run down Turning Point. On the on the countdown to Turning Point special, we're going to have Finn Juice versus Crazy Steven Black Taurus, the team of Decay. Who do you like in this one? 
I, well, I like the K, like you said, you know, Finn Juice is on the way out. Me personally, I would love to see a heel turn from uh, from Juice on on Finley because I think Juice could really show some aggression and show that other side that you were talking about and be a good way to let them part ways as they go back uh, or as they leave Impact. That might actually happen. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Finn Juice just to be contrarian. <laughs> Jordan Grace, Chelsea Green for the Digital Media Championship. You know, I'm not going to lie. I would rather have seen Jordan Grace versus Jake something. That would have been fun. They're both really strong. It could have been interesting. But I guess Jordan Chelsea's going to be fine. Jordan's going to win. What do you think? I, it don't matter. I'm with you. <laughs> X Division, three-way dance. Trey Miguel, Steve Macklin, Laredo Kid. What do you got? Let me ask you this question. Have Macklin and Miguel had a one-on-one -on -one match yet for the title? Not yet. Not a one-on-one. Okay. -on -one. All right, then I'm going to go with Trey Miguel because I, I I think they're setting up Macklin to beat Miguel one-on-one. -on -one. So you don't watch Impact enough. Macklin's going to pin Laredo Kid and win the title. You, you think so? Yes. So you got Macklin? Yes. I, I always take Macklin. I'm, sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong. <laughs> okay. Saban, Ace Austin. Oh, man. I, I want to pick Ace Austin, but I think Chris Saban's going to win. I'm going to go Ace Austin. I, I hope you're right. I feel like Ace Austin. I mean, if it's Chris Saban, it's fine. It's whatever. But I think this is. I think this could sneaky be the uh, the match of the night. To be honest with you, I feel really good about this one. Okay, that's a that's a bold call right there. There's gonna be some good matches on this card. In a flashback to WWE in 2016, W. Morrissey, the former Big Cass, will take on Matt Cardona, the former Zack Ryder. I, I I pray to God it's Morrissey. It'll be Morrissey. <laughs> I pray it's Morrissey. There's a there's a moose match coming up with Morrissey they can build to. It's it's and they've actually protected Morrissey quite well. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Morrissey in this one. Joe Doring, Eric Young take on Heath and Rhino. This one's intriguing, actually. Yeah, I uh, I like what you said earlier. I think they're just going to completely obliterate them. Heath and Rhino are, you know, especially Heath. I think he's kind of got that baby face thing going. He's got kids, and uh, his kids are going to watch him get beat down. Joe Doring is going to take his head off with a clothesline. Eric Young is then going to hit him with a massively beautiful pile driver. VBD for the win. Brian Myers, Rich Swan. I got Rich Swan. Got to go with him. I, I feel like Brian Myers is a, a good foil for a lot of baby faces to topple. So I'm going with Rich Swan. Brian Myers is fine. Rich Swan for the win. And then we have our main event, Full Metal Mayhem. Moose defends the title against Eddie Edwards. I got Moose. Uh, I'm really happy that he's champion. I'm really happy he's gotten this opportunity. I know you don't like how it happened, but I'm I am glad we are at this point. Like you said, I think Moose is he was fantastic in his in his pre-match promos. Um, I think he's got a very sports feel to him. You know, he feels like a he feels like an MMA fighter when they, you know, when he's doing his press conference holding the belt like that and dressed up. And like you said, he can do all that stuff in a suit that's that's impressive mm -hmm. he's got a a rick flair in the way he carries himself but it's like it's like you see the former nfl player come out of him where he knows how to treat this like business right and when he comes out there like that he looks like a businessman who will absolutely kill you right mm -hmm. i i adore this um eddie edwards is the heart of impact which means he's teflon right the man can lose a million matches and he's always going to be over with this crowd so he's the perfect guy to set up for Moose's first big title defense, which he'll win. Moose for the W. That is Brace for Impact, the free show. 
to listen to what we think about the news. We got some questions that came from the BFI faithful, and we're going to talk about these releases because let's be honest, that's a big part of what Impact's about. So uh, if you're a brace, if you're a Patreon member, hang tight real quick. If not, why not jump on the B- jump on the Fight Game Media Patreon? Check out what we have going. There's so much great content, so many great shows. Justin and I got something really cool cooking that's going to be announced soon. My man, thank you for coming on tonight. Thanks for filling in for Mike. Tell people on this network where they can find you and what you do. Uh, man, thank you for having me on again. This was a blast. This was a pleasure. I officially made the Fight Game Media Plus team. You know, I'm on the plus team because of this show. So thank you. Um, again, shout out to Mike. Best wishes to you. Um, but you can find me on Twitter at Knee for Marvelverse DC. I also host the Take a Knee for Marvelverse DC podcast, uh, where we talk anything and everything comics, uh, movies, TV shows. I throw a little wrestling in there every now and then because my co host doesn't watch it. So he gets completely thrown off by stuff and he still likes Jimmy Snooker. So that should tell you everything he knows about wrestling. Um, and uh, I'm also on the Fight Game Media. You can find me on The Wrap. I'm one of the rotating hosts on Keela Cash's show. Uh, she's a great host, so I, I have a blast. Yeah, she's fantastic. I have a blast doing it with her. Uh, she makes everybody feel very comfortable. And uh, yeah, and JD, shout out to you, man, because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be on this network. And uh, you're one of the few people who can tolerate me when it comes to talking wrestling. Vice versa. Um, <laughs> we we are both very opinionated. And mm-hmm. I people go, do you guys like each other? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I love Scott. We just... <laughs> We both believe strongly in what we believe when it comes to wrestling. I would much rather like argue with a friend about wrestling and talk about politics with a stranger. So this is far and away the most fun stuff I do. I thanks for being a friend. Thanks. We and I have been friends for a few years now. Uh, I miss podcasting with you. I, I probably podcast too, too much to be honest with you these days, but um, it was great having you on. It was uh, miss you, Mike. Hope you're back next week and uh, mahalo.